Week 14 of the NFL season is upon us. We're making our six-pack of picks for some of our favorite games, including Pats, Steelers, Thursday Nighter, and how about a big one for the East? Eagles, Cowboys, players coming back, players exiting the lineups. A whole lot to get into on today's Peacock and Williams. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Love all the everydayers out there. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Here we go. Let's start with the man. I'm excited to see Justin Jefferson back on the field. I just yeah. want to uh, throw that out there. We're going to get to the Vikings uh, at the Raiders as one of our six pack of picks. But let's start <laughs> with the NFC East and how quickly things can flip for the Philadelphia Eagles because they're going to Dallas. Dallas is undefeated at home right now. Eagles laid an egg against the Niners last week. If the Eagles lose to the Cowboys in week 14, Matt, then they will be tied at 10 and three and things will be extremely interesting, not only for the NFC East, but for the one seed in the NFC playoffs. We could have four teams with the same record by the end of this week at the top of the NFC. So a uh, fascinating game, two teams uh, that sort of played um, opposite games the last week or, or, or so going back for the last few weeks. And surprisingly, the team with the worst record, the Dallas Cowboys, is the favorite team here, but they are at home. They're favored by three and a half. Dallas Cowboys, nine and three at home against the 10 and two Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, this is a really good Sunday nighter. Obviously, a rivalry game. Maybe they'll even play three times this year. I think that's certainly a possibility. I think we almost know for certain they're both going to the playoffs. I think Dak Prescott's the better player, though. You know, we did some of those quarterback ranks yesterday, and I think he's having a clearly better year. You you saw this firsthand, but I, I thought Jalen Hurts didn't handle the the pass rush particularly great, and this one's not much easier. And but the thing that worries me most about the Eagles is their back seven against C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks has come on strong, and the tight ends are good players, and Pollard's a weapon. So I give Dallas the nod. I wish this wasn't three and a half, though. I mean, I can't imagine they're going to win huge, you know, and Dallas doesn't have a, a signature win yet. I think Philly gets the coaching advantage, you know, if we're really going to break things down. So I think I'll take the points and hope the Eagles can really control the game on the ground. But I think Dallas wins. With what I've seen from these teams recently and mm-hmm. the, the, the games I saw the most of multiple times, w- look, watching the game live, watching it back on some tape with the uh, the 49ers playing both of those teams, uh, you know, put up 42 points on both of them. But the, the quarterback play, if that's the deciding factor, I thought yeah. Dak was a lot better than Jalen Hurts. Thank and 
Jalen Hurts, now it's been a while since the Niners played the Cowboys in week five, but uh, just saw Jalen Hurts this week, and his time to throw numbers are up this year. Last year was his best season, and it was his lowest time to throw. He was indecisive, and the 49ers' pass rush plan was, let's keep him in the pocket and then try to get there while we keep him in the pocket. And it worked. It was a good plan. The Dallas Cowboys have the the rushers to do what they need to do while getting some pressure, while also you know not letting him run around and uh, just some indecisiveness. And he's got too many good receivers to not find anybody open earlier within three seconds of their routes. Right. So um, that's an issue for the Philadelphia Eagles. And then on the defensive side for the Eagles, their back seven is 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 horrid. Oh, yeah. and that's a clear win for the Dallas Cowboys right now. They can't tackle anybody. Now, the Cowboys don't quite have the catch-and-run players that the 49ers have to take advantage of some of the tackling issues. But if you're going to rush five, and the Eagles love to use that five-man line, there's, there's going to be space over the middle of the field for C.D. Lamb, who's going crazy along with Dak this year. So for those reasons, I do like the Cowboys, and uh, I, I wish it was getting fewer points in this one. Um, I, I think if it wasn't for last week, the, the Eagles might it might be a pick or even the Eagles would be favored. Yeah. But, um I do like the Dallas Cowboys in this game. I think they're just playing better football right now. And how about this? They've scored more points and given up fewer points than the Philadelphia Eagles over the course of the season. In fact, the Dallas Cowboys might have, do they have the biggest point differential in the league? They do, plus 168. And despite being 10 and 2, the Philadelphia Eagles' point differential is only plus 41. So they've won a lot of close games. Um, They got blown out by the 49ers last week. And the Eagle, the the Cowboys of all the teams the Eagles have faced, aside from the 49ers, have the ability to blow teams out as well. Uh, give me the Cowboys. I like the Cowboys in this one. I, I don't like the way the Philadelphia Eagles are playing right now. And I thought one more note on the Eagles. Yeah, last week I thought maybe the Eagles. It was like I think we, you and I, had this conversation. It was like, is it a feature or a bug that the Eagles keep winning these close games? And I thought. Mm-hmm. It was, Sure. I was like, ah, oh, they're just built to win close games and they're better and they lean on you at the end of the game and they win by a you know a score at the in the end. Watching them last week, it might be a bug. They're not they're not running away from teams because they haven't been able to do it. And so that kind of changes things for me. Maybe I'm looking, maybe it's too much recency bias with the Eagles playing a really good team last week, but the Cowboys are a good team too. So um everything to me this week points to the Cowboys, but there's also that factor of um, and we've seen it with the Buffalo Bills multiple times this year. It's like, what was that? And then the next week, yeah. oh, there it is. There's the team. And then, you know, so we might see that bounce back from the Eagles after a big loss last week, too. Absolutely. I mean, Dallas I, aren't quite as trustworthy. I mean, from a coaching perspective, I mean, they lost to Arizona earlier in the game. They, earlier in the year. Coaches, uh, Mike McCarthy just had his appendix out. So, he, oh, uh, yeah. I, he should be back on the sideline. But, uh, you know, that's usually a pretty quick procedure. But if you don't have your head coach, that's got to hurt. So you convinced me I, I'm wishy-washy on the spread. So I am going to switch over to Dallas. I think Dallas wins. I said that from the start. I'm sure you're aware of this, but I thought it was really telling. I forget what podcast I was listening to, but they were talking about Nick Bosa's comments after that game. And it was he wasn't trying to be mean, but you know, players rarely talk about tactics and game plans. But he basically said, as you mentioned, our goal wasn't to – get sacks our goal was to get Jalen Hurts's eyes on us the the pass rusher yep. which is kind of a backhanded you know it's a derogatory comment if you're dropping your eyes look at the pass rushers right. that's a problem and I think they game planned that going in and I'm sure Dallas will do the same no doubt 
and they've got the athletes to go, you know, yeah, exactly. to go chase him if he gets out of the pocket too. And, and so, yeah, that, that spells doom, but the Eagles know that too. And maybe they can fix it this week. So a really interesting game. Uh, this is it a is. huge barometer for both these teams and see where they're at. So I can't wait for that one on Sunday night. Next. How about, uh, we'll, we'll, let's tease these because there's a couple of newsworthy items. One, Zach Wilson being, plugged back in as the starting quarterback for the New York Jets and reports this week that he might not even have wanted to do it, but they, you know, boils out now, like just a mess with the New York Jets. And welcome back, Justin Jefferson. We missed you. And of course, Pat Steelers. How low can they go with the total score in that one? All that and more coming up. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to be sure that you are uh, in the place that is going to be attracting the most top-tier candidates as possible to interview and eventually hire. So that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. We're talking about a billion professionals on the vast network at LinkedIn, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours with LinkedIn Jobs. And they even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even that much easier for your hiring business. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Justin Jefferson uh, coming back. He's practicing at full this week. Uh, it's looking good. We're going to have a return to ju- for Justin Jefferson with the Minnesota Vikings, with his, uh, which is obviously huge. Now, they've had a better record without him than with him. That is not a direct correlation. You know, it's not a correlation causation thing. Um, it's going to be really important to have, for someone like Joshua Dobbs. And, uh, you know, Jordan Addison has done a nice job, and it's probably helped his development to be, uh, you know, featured a little bit more with Justin Jefferson out, but it has to help the Vikings offense. And there was a story this week that Kevin O'Connell was watching film with his quarterback, and they were going over things, and he's like, okay, well, what are you seeing here? Why did you do this, Josh? You know, this is not what we want. And trying to get together on that offense, which is a good sign, and they're going against a team that uh, should be, uh, you know, uh, susceptible to giving up some points with the Raiders. So we've got a Vikings team that is welcoming back Justin Jefferson and they're favored by three on the road at the Las Vegas Raiders. I like the Vikes pretty big here. I don't think the spread's big enough. Um, I wish we knew, maybe we should have, this is my fault, but maybe we should have waited on t- for, until tomorrow for this one. Cause Max Crosby and Colton Miller are questionable as we record. And those are very key p- players on a defense that's lacking stars and an O-line that doesn't have great players on it. But that being said, I mean, I think people aren't talking about how bad the Raiders offense has been lately. I mean, the last month or so, it has been great. O'Connell's a nice story for a mid-round pick. You know what I mean? Like, they're not doing all that much. And the Vikings' D, to me, is outkick their coverage from day one because of great coaching. And then you go to the other side, then I know we have this taste in our mouth of Dobbs turning the ball over like crazy, but they had a bye to work it out. He was still, that was only his second game with the team. I mean, the day before that's the one that everyone's talking about that he didn't even know the people next to him, you know, so maybe he deserves a little bit of credit or a little bit of leeway here, a leash a little bit. And I'm sure O'Connor's, O'Connell's telling him, hey, if you're not sure what to do, 
we have this guy named Justin Jefferson who's coming back. Just chuck it up his way. So I think the Vikings are in good shape. Look, and if you like wide receiver play, you get to see Devontae Adams and Jefferson, yeah. Justin Jefferson on the field the entire game. So uh, so that's fun to watch. But I, I just, you know, I, I like the Vikings. They're just a better football team. And, you know, if Max Crosby turns out not to play, then that just skews it even more in the yeah. favor of the Vikings. Because if he does play, I still like the Vikings better. Although Crosby can wreck a game. So uh, that probably will affect the line later on in the week. But either way, I like Minnesota by a field goal. So I'll take the Vikes in this one. New York Jets, they are hosting – who are they hosting? The New York Jets are hosting the – oh, Houston Texans, yeah. So, Texans uh, at – yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Texans at Jets, and Houston on the road favored by three and a half points here, which, you know, long story short, not enough points. Give me Houston all day. Uh, the, the Jets are a mess right now, and I just think it's fascinating that Diana Rossini reported earlier on this week that, uh, that uh, the Jets wanted to put Zach Wilson back in and he thought for a second that maybe he doesn't <laughs> want to go back in. And I, I mean, what a disaster. You have a quarterback that doesn't even want to play for your football team. And and then they, they released Tim Boyle, so they don't have another option. So good luck, Zach Wilson. Like this, I can't I, I can't I can't believe what's happening right now at quarterback with this football team. And look, they keep losing games. It won't matter if Aaron Rodgers comes back anyway, even though you know he's talking about he can be back by Christmas. I don't know if that's really true or not. Um, but uh, they're a, they're one loss away from d- you're done anyway. And oh, that's yeah. So this has become sort of laughable. I mean, honestly, I mean, the Jets have become a punchline, and I feel for them because of Rogers' injury, yeah. but I don't feel for them for the, everything they've done to quarterback position since and going and getting Lazard and Cook and Cobb and all these old guys that aren't even helping anymore. And now Brees Hall can't even get to like 25 yards on the ground because the offense is, frankly, by far the worst in the league of late. And, you know, the the Boyle experiment was laughable as well. I mean, nobody thought he was even a backup, and now he's not in the league. But it just goes to show that the whole team has no faith or – support really for Wilson you know if, if they were behind him he'd be playing and they're cheering him on like they do Kenny Pickett here you know what I mean like there's a lot of bad quarterbacks out there but if your team's behind you you can get through it a little bit more I just can't take the Jets how do you think that a quarterback in Tim Boyle is worth starting and then release him the next week exactly exactly like none of it makes sense and I get that, and I, I really I feel bad for Jets fans because I don't feel bad for Absolutely. the decision makers that put themselves in this spot. And you got a forty-year-old quarterback, and you know you have your young quarterback as the backup, and you you know your quarterback gets hurt four plays into the season. Like that's 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 tough. brutal. That's but brutal. They had a lot of time to figure out other options than where they're at right now, and that's on them. So um, I do feel bad for the fans because they had so much hope, and the rug just completely pulled out from underneath them. Yeah, and the O line's bad, and I mean they have two guys on offense. It's Hall and Garrett Wilson, and the whole world knows it. You know, and you know, I got, I really appreciate Garrett Wilson too because he's oh. been kind of a stand up guy, and you know, and still has a smile on his face, and still trying to look at positive things when they're interviewing him, and you know, and, and he's become like one of the faces of the franchise there. And I, I, every time he speaks, I feel bad for him. He's I think he's done a pretty good job of keeping his head up throughout all this because he's you know, statistically, he's the one that's getting hurt by having all this bad quarterback play. He should be going crazy this year. Oh, he could be a superstar. So Ryan and I on Locked on Dynasty, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson right now are their own tier of wide receiver for the Dynasty world. You know, guys like A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb are kind of creeping up on them. You know, 
Jefferson's been out. Burrow's been out. But the one we keep harping back to is if anyone's going to get to the Jefferson chase tier, we think it's Garrett Wilson. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is so springy athletically. He oh, can track man. the ball down the field. He's got ball skills. He's uh, gr- he's good after the catch. He's competitive. He, you know, he's got release package. He opens, separates. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's All a the dude. Above. They get any. Oh, I, it hurts my fantasy team too because I had Aaron Rodgers as my backup quarterback on my fantasy team, and I had Garrett Wilson, and I thought I'd be stacking them going into the playoffs and then having big results. And uh, I'm not having big results, man. I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine that Jets owes brutal. I just can't take the Jets. Uh, three and a half. It's it should be nine points, shouldn't it? With the Texans and the Jets right now, maybe I'm looking right. at it wrong. But it, is home field even an advantage? I mean, the Jets fans probably aren't thrilled. I mean, I don't think they're going to be like, "Yay, Jets! You guys are great." You know, <laughs> yeah. booing at some point during the game. That's what I mean. I think they're going to turn on them, right? Uh, we got Colts at Bengals, and how about Jake Browning showing a little something? He won a lot of games yeah. in college, Matt. Can he keep that team who is now back to five hundred, the Cincinnati Bengals? Can he keep them, you know, above the the Mendoza line right now? And look, the the Indianapolis Colts are fighting for a playoff spot right now at seven and five. But I don't think this is a gimme win going into the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Bengals could come out of this at seven and six and saying, "Look, we can slowly every week kind of creep in front of a couple of teams here and maybe get into that wild card conversation." The Bengals are fascinating to me right now, and. They're actually favored in this game by one over those visiting Indianapolis Colts. That's a bit much for me. So Browning's first start was against the Steelers, so I did a ton of work on him, and I kind of I was more impressed with him doing a, a heavy background check scouting report on him as a. I think they found Burroughs backup. You know what I mean? Like, which is great. You know, if you, you can have that guy for the next ten years and clipboard hold for Burrow and start here and there, and he played really well this past week and. Boy, they do a good job of getting the ball to Jamar Chase and Higgins was back. And they, we know that they have weapons. My concern is the Bengals defense. I have no reasoning for how bad they've been all year. You know, I mean, okay, they swapped out safeties, but they're basically ran back the same group. They've been pretty healthy. They got a great coordinator. And week after week, I keep thinking their defense is going to rebound, and it doesn't. So, the Colts are a wild card. I mean, Minshew's a wild roller coaster, but they seem to make plays. And there's, I think that's a well-coached team. I like the Colts here. And the Colts have been playing some pretty decent defense as well. They have. They have. So um, I kind of, yeah, kind of take the point. It's only one point, but I feel like I want to take the point here. But Jake Browning's interesting. He showed me a little something. There, there might be more there now that he's got his footing and, and you know, he's got sure. the QB one reps for, you know, a, a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's a keeper. I just probably played the best game of his life last week, though. All right. Next, we got Broncos, Chargers, Bucks, Falcons, and of course, your Steelers, Matt, that are hosting the New England Patriots to finish up this week 14 six pack of picks. Unmute myself. Today's episode of Peacock and Williams brought to you by Skylight Digital Picture Frames. It is the gift this holiday season. Uh, I've got one already. It's going to the grandparents when you're, you know, if you have a a young child at home or maybe you're a new parent and uh, you've got family that maybe you don't live nearby. I mean, there's nothing better than uh, giving them the gift of, you know, 
the, the pictures of your life as it happens. And I love the ability to upload for, you know, say some grandparents that might not be the most technologically advanced. It's, it's not a difficult unit to use, but even if they can't use it at all, all they need to do is swipe left, right and look at photos and you can make it, uh, you know, be a, a constant display of of random photos that are going on in your life. You can send photos not only through the app, but through a unique email as well to upload the photos and, and new photos all the time to your skylight picture frame. It looks great. All different styles and colors to to fit your scheme and your home or the 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 home of the the person you're giving a gift to. So it's a really thoughtful gift this holiday season. And really you can't go wrong, especially for some folks who are trying to figure out what would be a nice gift this holiday season. You got to check out the skylight digital picture frame and a special offer for our listeners. Limited time for our listeners. Get $15 off your purchase of a skylight frame. When you go to skylightframe.com slash locked on to get $15 off your purchase. Again, go to skylightframe.com slash Locked on $15 off a skylight frame at skylightframe.com slash locked on. All right, here we go. Let's go to the Denver Broncos at the Chargers. The Chargers are favored by three points at home over the Denver Broncos with what we've seen, Matt, of the Chargers recently. And I keep waking up every Monday expecting to, to hear that they've fired their head coach. Um, I'm kind of surprised that they're favored, and I don't think they get much of a home bump here against the, the Broncos, who have who've been in some weeks good and at least competitive now for half of a football season. So to me, this is a line that's just wrong, and i got to take the Denver Broncos in those points. I thought I was going to make a splash there and say, boy, I think Denver should be favored by two and a half, and you just stole it right from me. You just beat oh, me to the we, punch. I love it. We've been doing this together for a long time. And yeah. the side of it is, I think it's pretty obvious that we're not wrong on this. And maybe we are. I don't know. Those guys in Vegas are pretty smart. Yeah. I mean, uh, we'll get the Steelers Patriots. I've done a ton of Patriots homework this week and they just played the chargers. I mean, the chargers never got into the red zone. I mean, I know the Patriots defense is really impressive, but you have Justin Herbert and Eckler and Keenan Allen and, you know, their defense isn't particularly good either just because you shut down the Patriots. So I think the, the Broncos defense is noticeably better than L.A.'s. I don't think the home field advantage matters at all in this case. There might be a ton of Broncos fans there. And the offenses are similar, I guess, but at least Denver controls the tempo with running the football, and I think they're clearly better coached as well. They're more physical. I think they win outright. Yeah, and I think the Broncos are going to do what they can to keep it lower scoring and not let, you know, Justin mm-hmm. Herbert, you know, bomb on them or anything like that, which which makes it easier to, to take the points. So, yeah, to me, it's easy. Give me the Broncos and the points, and the Chargers have showed me very little this year. That includes a win last week uh, for those five and seven Chargers. Yeah, I'm with you. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at the Atlanta Falcons. This is a, this is a big one. It's it's not often that you talk about a team that's multiple games under 500 like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are and they've kind of been on a skid recently at 5 and 7, Matt. Uh they're only 2 and 4 on the road this season and the Falcons are 4 and 2 at home. The Falcons are 6 and 6 right now leading the division. Depending on what happens with a couple other games, uh we could have a whole bunch of teams that are uh that are 6 and 7 in the NFC South after this week. Atlanta Falcons favored by one at home over those bucks. I want to give a quick shout out to Mike Evans. Yet another thousand yard season. I think that's a Hall of Fame career. Like I was avoiding him like the plague in fantasy. I'm like, ah, he's old. Baker Mayfield. That guy just keeps, you know, we just talked about Keenan Allen. Those two just keep on ticking and are 
productive as could be year after year after year, and I think that's really commendable. Baker's played okay. Uh, Rashad White seems like he's been a good story as well. I mean, he's having a nice season for the Bucs. Chris Godwin's kind of gone away. But I think the Falcons' D is underrated, and it's playing pretty well right now. And I don't trust the Bucks' defense, especially against Bijan and the run game at all. I mean, I think Atlanta – Bijan's going to be in all my DFS lineups. I would say that. I mean, I think they've dedicated themselves a little bit more to him as they should. I think he's one of the best backs in the league already and doesn't, you know, people aren't really look at him in that light. And I think he dominates his football game. If the Saints win and the Bucs beat the Falcons, we've got three, six, and seven teams in the NFC South. And that's kind of what I'm rooting for. I'm kind of rooting for chaos, but I do think the Falcons are a little better and maybe it's just one point better, but they are at Mm -hmm. home. And so I'm going to give up that point and take the Atlanta Falcons. Me too. Me too. All right. How about your Pittsburgh Steelers? And they are hosting the 2-10 and New England Patriots. And this has all the makings, Matt, of a game that is going to go under even the lowest over-under we've seen this year. It actually went up a little bit. It was 29.5 yesterday when we looked. It's 30.5 points now is the over-under. And I still think that's too much. Um, you know, in a, But in a 9-6 to win, right uh giving up five and a half points to the home Steelers still feels like it's a lot of points even though the Patriots haven't been able to score recently and I know you've been diving deep in this one and have some good nuggets so uh what do you got here on Thursday night tonight with the Patriots at the Steelers oh (laughs) I still think 30 is way too high but over under and and that's a rare rare number I mean people asked me the other day I'm like I I think I'd said it like 22 it's really that rough I mean this blows me away. So the Patriots in their last three games have allowed 10 or fewer points in all three games. They're 0-3. That's the first time that's happened since 1938. <laughs> like, if you keep the opponent under 10, you should probably squeak out more than zero wins and three chances. You they know what I mean? They didn't even throw the ball forward in 1938. Right. I don't know if anybody got the 10 in 1938. <laughs> well, the Patriots barely do now anyway. And, and you know, like obviously Bailey Zappi has not helped the offense, so it wasn't a Mac Jones problem necessarily. Oh no, um, as bad as Jones was, and I'm just a disaster offensively. So that means both these teams can play a little bit of defense, which makes me my brain tells me take the points because it's going to be low scoring. And uh, but my heart tells me the Steelers are a better team and are going to come out victorious at home. I heard Mitch Trubisky earlier this week, Matt, say that he's going to be aggressive. Is, is that maybe? Uh, oh an answer to something where just a veteran quarterback letting it fly a little bit to George Pickens, um, maybe make a couple of big plays. Is that enough for the, to unlock the Steelers offense to show a little bit more on that side of the ball than they have in the passing game? Maybe, but the whole key to the Steelers with a winning percent, you know, with their win percentage and having a winning record has been not turning the ball over. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, Mitch was like, oh, wait, never mind. Uh, yeah, it's not really what we do around here, Mitch. You know, I mean, but I do think like Johnson and Pickens have good matchups. I'm really impressed with this New England defense, though. He has them playing great. Steelers blitz pickups been horrible. I'm sure they'll come after him like crazy. But the thing is, I mean, New England is horrendous throwing the ball. Like, I don't hesitate to say that. Their receivers don't get open at all. They have no team speed. Devontae Parker and Juju can't get away from me and you. Their quarterbacks really aren't NFL quarterbacks. It's going to be zappy. They run the ball well, but Ramondre's not playing. He's also their leading receiver. Yuck. And then the thing that really 
blows me away and sides me to the Steelers here is if you look at the, you know, the four phases, run defense, run offense, run, you know, and same with defense. It's really the Patriots passing game. That's just horrendous. The rest of it's pretty good, but unlike Belichick teams, they don't make up for it with special teams or turnover differential. They're like worst in the league in both where the Steelers are really good. So if those trends keep up, and the Steelers are always under Tomlin, they're really good in prime. I mean, they're 28 and eight at home in prime time under Mike Tomlin. You know, like that's not a fluke. And they just got embarrassed by Arizona in a game that they played really poorly. I just know this organization. I'm sure they won't give this one away. I have the Steelers winning 13 6. I mean, a lot of field goals. I don't think it's going to be pretty to the viewing audience, but. It's going to be a slog. I just think the Steelers are at home, noticeably more talented, especially on offense. Mm-hmm. And and how about this little nugget, just to see how how successful these teams have been lately? You know, so since 1995, the Steelers and Patriots have played 21 times. Never once did either team have five losses in one of those games. I mean, that could be the AFC Championship game. I mean, it, it, deep into the season, wow. like. You know what I mean? Like that's a lot of games to play without a. This is a first one, you know, that someone's had five losses. Yeah. And the Pats have twice as many as that themselves this year. Coming into They're a disaster. Uh, unbelievable. Two and ten Steelers or two and ten Patriots at the seven and five Steelers. Uh, I, you're going to give up the points with the Steelers. I do think they're better. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take the points. And, and I mean, Thursday like night game, threat. extra chaos and ugliness. Uh, although you know the Patriots might not even score enough points to get to close to you know the five and a half point it could be six nothing Steelers in this game it, it absolutely could be so history okay. shows you only have to get to 10 well last week was three nothing right six nothing but the, the Chargers covered they were five and a half point favorites oh there you go <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh yeah and yeah so the traveling team short week Thursday yeah uh, no Ramondre you know no Ramondre doesn't look good for those New England Patriots. All right. There's our six-pack of picks for week 14. We'll come back Friday. Uh, we'll break down everything we saw on Thursday Night Football and make the rest of the picks for the rest of the week, including some really good football games and a pair of Monday nighters. Talk to you then right here. Peacock and Williamson.